0: All right, we're back. This is one I've been really looking forward to getting on. Tn from Pendle. So, how are you doing in this crazy market environment?
1: Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. The, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a really, really hectic last few weeks, and I'm really just glad to see uh, more activities in the crypto space.
0: Yeah, it's um. You're welcome anytime. (laughs) But um, as I say, I've been speaking speaking to Right Side, who's a who's a complete gem. Um, really appreciate how they're just really he's really kind of great with getting your kind of product updates in front of people and stuff like that. So um, I think he's a I think he's a credit credit to the team. You've got a good one there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we're we're very um, fortunate to to have him with us. And yeah definitely like the, the output that his produce is is um remarkable
0: yeah because it's it's been i know we touched upon it before we went live but the um it's been a bit of a, a bit of a slow grind and as we said it's what we're, we're both extremely happy I mean, i'm sure you'll be a lot more happier than me about it but it seems like you guys are starting to definitely come up on people's radar and people are starting to take note that you guys are like this innovative product that's got great product market fit. And I think the scope of the product market fit is only going to increase um, due to kind of recent developments, such as like Shanghai and um, everything that comes around that. So it's, uh, I suppose before we get into it, um, can you just give us a brief kind of background on on your kind of entrance and origin into into this space? It'd just be as or as high level as, as you want if you don't want to give too much away but just to kind of set the scene about what kind of where you've got uh, where you've came from and where, where we are now
1: yeah absolutely so I actually got involved in crypto relatively early on so close to a decade now I was actually a research assistant for a professor and I was tasked to look into the different business models within the fintech sector and one of the business models that I was looking into was a remittance business that utilized Bitcoin as a tool for money transfer. So compared to the other business models that existed back then, I figured that the one that used Bitcoin was offering something very unique because it wasn't just an innovation or an incremental innovation within the business model sense, but it was an entirely different proposition altogether from a technical perspective so I thought it was very interesting and again this was in 2014 and oh wow. fast forward yeah fast forward the uh, ethereum ethereum became a lot more talked about and there was a white paper yellow paper that I that I read um and they had an ICO so for me that was really when I started to take a more keen interest in the crypto space uh, more than just like doing basic research. Um, This was me just like just digging through all the different kinds of materials on like from CoinDesk, Cointelegraph and Reddit just to understand the technology landscape a a little better. Um, So I was actually involved in a couple of projects as community moderator from the very, very like just back in the days. And none of these projects worked out but it, but it gave me an opportunity to get to know some of the researchers and, I guess, like the important people in the space maybe a decade ago. Um, so one of them was Loy. Uh, Loy eventually became, like, he founded Kyber. Um, and when he was starting um, out Kyber, he, yeah, he asked if I wanted to join the team as uh, one of the founding team members, uh, to which I agreed. So that began... That, that was pretty much the start of my crypto career in 2017. So this was like a couple of years later. Um, I think Kyber has been a very, very wonderful experience for me. Through the through, through the stint at Kyber, I I was exposed to a number of very, very talented individuals. Uh, and, and I guess like along the way, they also inspired how I think about product design and how to look at, just markets in general. So mm-hmm. I stayed on the Kyber until the end of 2018, 2019, period, wow. because at that point I wanted to take a step back and just look at the different verticals and subsectors within the crypto ecosystem. So this was when I, I became independent. Um, but I also set up a small team with my current co founders to just work on different projects. So we had a string of unsuccessful ventures, but eventually we kind of settled with the idea of Pendle during DeFi summer. So the the, the background of it was actually, I guess like it was, we, we didn't plan to build Pendle from the very beginning. It was because we were farming all the food coins during DeFi summer. <laughs> yeah, the APYs those, were those like are, 10, 20, Those 000. are the days. Yes, yes. <laughs> It was, it was so fun uh, just hopping from farm to farm. But, but it also occurred to us that there was no way to lock in the rates. And at that point in time, we were just comparing the state of DeFi to a mature financial sector. And it just occurred to us that fixed rate products are actually one of the most important verticals within the financial sector. But it was largely absent in crypto. And DeFi was just like, super nascent at that point, right? So that problem statement was worthy enough for us to take a deeper dive. And we started to ideate solutions around that problem statement. Now, if you ask me right now, I still very much believe in the direction that we're heading to, which is the just just providing fixed rate solutions. And I think how we were thinking about it yeah, perhaps I can just share a bit more about it later. Uh, but but we have very specific rationale for our design choices in pandle
0: So with so just before we get into that, why for those kind of going to wear and just kind of stumbling, and maybe they're completely crypto or DeFi native. And why why are fixed rates so important in traditional markets, and why will they be so important in crypto and DeFi?
1: I think, I think, um, from, uh, I guess like taking, taking a risk management perspective, it always helps to have some sort of a fixed rate exposure. So take for instance, if you're a fund manager, you have an obligation to generate some yield. Um, so I, I think like as a responsible fund manager, you have an obligation to generate yield and, but, but. Because you are managing money on behalf of maybe many different individuals, then the risk profile um, or like just the risk appetite of the fund it, it it varies. So at the moment, most of the yield exposure on crypto is very volatile. So today it could be one percent. Tomorrow it could go up to let's say ten percent. So there's always uh, uh, an uncertainty that revolves around the yield in crypto. Um, so coming from the perspective of a fund manager, having some sort of certainty is, is always good because I think innately as individuals, there is, there is, there is a, um, I mean, we, we, we tend to value uh, certainty to some extent. So from, from our perspective, having the optionality to fix rate um, like just, just from the different types of positions um, is a very, very strong proposition for fund managers. So that from a risk management perspective, they can choose how they can allocate their resources, maybe 50% fix, uh, 50% float, um, and and mm-hmm. the likes.
0: Yeah, makes, makes an awful lot of sense. Um, I suppose if anyone's kind of just used to the, the RVs and compounds of the world they'd just be so kind of aware of variable rates and obviously great in a bull market when there's huge de- demand side and huge limited supply side and things like that but yeah locking in that fixed rate i don't think i don't think the likes of yarvin compound have, have cracked it i know they've spoken quite publicly about wanting to crack it properly but um yeah i don't think they're yet there yet and i think this is why you guys come in and i think it's um I suppose, I suppose let's get to it right so could you Could you try and give us a high level, like an elevator pitch or, um, just overarching what, what is Pendle for those that are currently unaware or they might've seen it come across the timeline. I guarantee they've seen it come across the timeline over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. So simply put Pendle is a, is a venue for the tokenization and the trading of yield. So with Pendle users can hedge and speculate on yield. So yield, um, I guess, it's a very common um, term within crypto. And how yield comes about uh, can can be from various sources. When you let's say deposit asset on a money market like Aave Compound, you're entitled to some lending yield. And then if you deposit assets into an AMM pool, let's say like Uniswap or Trader Joe, then Whatever activities that happen with, um, like, uh, against the pool, then then you're entitled to some swap fees. And those swap fees are like trading APYs. So these are yields that we tokenize on Pandle uh, and allow people to trade or speculate on it.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I suppose if people are, I suppose a real, really tangible one for, for a lot of folks would be. The GLP, the GLP yield. So GLP's liquidity pool token, so again, kind of access, again, exposure to the underlying LP that people can trade long or short against on GLP. Um, kind of the darling child of the most recent bear market was a was really, really good revenue coming through there. Some actual um, great product market fit, real kind of yields or whatever they want to call it these days coming through the protocol. But you guys have actually implemented that so i'd love to get into that um and i'd also love to get into kind of the reasons and the kind of factors that drove pendle v2 development um even even down to its interface design and i'm going to shout this out now because i think it's absolutely fantastic the kind of the the onboarding the the education around the pts and yts i think you guys have pulled that off probably better than anyone else i've seen with a somewhat novel and unique product that people need that education on. So kudos on that. So like kind of to recap on that kind of question, um, it's kind of what were the, what were the kind of factors that drove the development of the new kind of Pendle V2, even from a design perspective of the protocol and then even down to interface and kind of the educational points as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So in, in regards to V2, there were actually a few important features that we have incorporated so the the first and the, the first important change in V2 is the AMM. So with V2 AMM I think like our, our experience from V1 shows us that impermanent loss is actually one of the more significant considerations for liquidity providers and as a trading value, without good liquidity we can't support big trading sizes and then that became that that would become uh, bottleneck. So when we were thinking about a V2 design, AMM and impermanent loss um, became sort of a priority. So with regards to the AMM and V2, um, we've structured it such that impermanent loss is generally minimalized, minimized. Um, and 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 we achieved this by pairing the assets in the pool um, and the the two assets in a pool to be highly correlated and that means so as an example right assets that are highly correlated are like usdc and usdt when you put these two assets in the same pool because the 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 value of these assets are so highly correlated uh, uh ultimately they're all packed to one us dollar the there's likely there's very unlikely going to be any kind of uh, strong deviation unless like a major event happens. Now going back to V one, so in the case of V one, because of Pendle like V one that uh, because of the way um, like yield bearing assets are tokenized. So um, just for a bit of context, when a yield bearing asset gets tokenized on Pendle. PT, uh, which is the principal token, and YT, the yield token, are the two outputs. So again, like when you deposit a yield-bearing asset like STETH, you would get a STETH and a STETH. Now, the STETH represents the zero-coupon bond of the yield-bearing asset, uh, basically the principal component, right? And then the yield token, the YT, represents the yield component of the yield-bearing asset. So, um, because of the, the the nature of the product, in V one we needed to have two different pools for these two different assets. So there's actually, uh, yeah, there's there's actually a there was a PT pool and then there was a, a YT pool, and these were hosted on different venues. Um, if a user wanted to trade YT, they would have to go to Pendle, and if they wanted to trade the principal token. They would have to trade it on Sushi or Trader Joe. So this became like a very, very bad user experience for, um, for, for users and also liquidity providers, because if they want to have, let's say if a, if a trader wants to have exposure for PT and YT, they would have to do it at two different venues. Uh, and the same for liquidity providers, if they want to provide liquidity to earn some yield, they would have to do it on two different venues. So with with uh, Pendle V2, we consolidated all the liquidity on Pendle. So whether you're trading PT or YT, you're trading against the same pool. Now the makeup of the pool is consists of PT and its underlying. So the earlier point about the the pool um, not having a very significant impermanent loss is a result of the derivative of the uh, the PT against uh, the underlying, which in this case could be a GLP or STE. Now, when you put these two assets in the same pool, because one is a derivative of the other, the the price movements will likely be um, very much in tandem. And that's why the impermanent loss is quite negligible. Now, importantly, right? If the liquidity provider stakes the asset in the pool until maturity and only withdraw the asset after maturity right there's actually no impermanent loss um and i think this is one of the more important propositions that we're offering to to the uh, liquidity providers so this this is um for the amm part right um and and uh, I think the other thing about the amm is that um with With Pendle AMM, users actually have a lot less opportunity costs because AMM on Pendle allows for the accrual of yield and rewards from the underlying protocol. So effectively, right, if you deposit, let's say, like USDT from Stargate into Pendle, you are entitled to Pendle rewards and Stargate rewards. So you're not giving up any kind of reward from um, Stargate yeah, so so I I think these are the few factors that we have um, thought about and incorporated into the panel AMM design, which makes it what it is today. Um, so this is uh, again like on the AMM part, and then the second important design that we've introduced in V two is the 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 permissionless um, nature of it. So because like from our standpoint, we think it's important to allow for the protocol to support permissionless listing. And from a scaling standpoint, we think that this is one of the more important features that we need to have because there are so many different types of yield bearing assets. And right now I think our team is probably the bottleneck because if whenever an asset wants to get listed on Pendle, they will have to consult the team. We'll have to study the contract and, and write uh, a, a, a new forge contract for for the asset. So at the moment, the the Pendle V two allows for permissionless listing, but the currently we're still working on the UI um, for 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 developers or protocols to to very seamlessly set up a pool and list their assets. Um, so we'll get to it perhaps at the end of this year. Uh, and, and of course, like with Pendle V two. the the third major improvement that we've introduced is the simple UI and pro UI. So basically having these new interfaces to cater to a wider range of audience. So again, like one of the most consistent feedback that we've gotten from V1 was just how difficult the product was. And it was very difficult for users to navigate the product. And understandably so, right? Because with Pendle, there were so many different kinds of terminologies. There were Yt Pt implied yield underlying yield and all these things that might not be as intuitive to someone who is not a trader. So, with 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 the with the launch of V two, we have a simple UI in place with the intention of abstracting away all the different types of derivative concepts, so that users can get uh, just interact and have positions on pendle. Within, within five clicks. Um, so collectively, I think these are just some of the more important changes that we've introduced to v2. And to to a large extent, I think over half of the, uh, around half the transactions that happen today um, took place on the simple UI. And check if that's the right
0: page. So the beginner, uh, the simple kind of section as well. Can you kind of talk us through this? so? Users will land on here. It might be the first time. They've seen a few people talk about Pendle. What's going on here? they land on the simple, the simple UI. So what's going on for users like at a high level to be able to get these assets at a discount? Because I think it's a great way of putting it as well. So we click to the discounts page. Maybe we can use USDT for an example here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in 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 this particular market, the USDT um, expires 27th of June, 2024. And between, like, if you enter, uh, if you buy some USDT at a discount today, the discount, the published discount rate is 4.27%. Now, if you go ahead and input, let's say like $100 $100 worth of USDT, the right column is going to display the amount of earning that you can anticipate at expiry. So um, yeah, basically like, Around like four, four, four dollar and thirty cents of earnings. So, um, I mean, with with uh, comparison, um, this is this is we, we think that this is a pretty easy way to display the earnings um, for for user. So, if you are comfortable with this amount, all that you need to do is just to scroll down and approve the contract and then just make the transfer.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So who? who would who do you guys typically see as the user of this particular kind of ui and this interface do you see kind of i don't know do you see on-chain treasuries or protocols coming over like who's the kind of desired user for this aspect
1: yeah so for this particular set of product we 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 see yeah still like generally people who are more sophisticated trading the PT now at the moment, I think the buy asset at the discount. To be honest with you, it hasn't really resonated with the a, a, a larger group of the crypto community. So most people are buying PT to lock in the rates, and then when PT price becomes more favorable, in the let's say in the next week or so, then they will trade it. So I think right now, majority of the people who are trading on Pendle are still. Confined to the more sophisticated group of uh, retail retail traders.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, can we use let's let's use StakeDee? Very topical at the minute. So, can we use the Lyra, uh from Lido example? So, this one's got maturity of sixty nine days, um, and maybe you can talk us through the underlying and implied APY as well, and like what what people should be looking out for here if they're kind of considering this this specific
1: vault yeah for sure so using the ste pool as an example so it expired uh, i mean it matures on the 29th of june this year um so about uh, 69 days away now underlying apy is basically the apy that's published on lido so that's 5.72 percent. and then implied apy is basically the it's like the price of the yield token now, so in this case, right, when you see that the underlying APY, 5.72%, higher, like it's it's higher than the implied APY of 4.23%, it it tells a couple of things. One is that right now, the community on Pendle thinks that the yield of Lido would come down in the future. So that's why there is a disparity. But if you hold a differing opinion about the yield of Lido, you think that it will sustain at 5.72% in a year's time, then now is a pretty good entry for you because you are paying 4.23% to get the 5.72% exposure. So there is a difference there that you could potentially benefit from. Now, in terms of the YT price and the PT price, it basically refers to the split uh, of the yield bearing asset uh, in the form of PT and YT. So the PT added to the value of YT will always equal to the value of the underlying. So if you look at the price of PT, 1936, and the price of YT, $15, add it, if you add them together, they will equate to the price of the SDE, which is 1952.
0: Yeah, I love that. So this is really, really interesting for me. And I've been using it just as, um when I, when I was looking at it, what was what was great was I could come to I could come to Pendle, and there was a lot of speculation on what's going to happen post Shanghai. People can remove the stake. Are there, is Staked Eve is Rockerpool Eve is Frax Eve going to be um, in more of a demand? Is is kind of staking participation across the board going to increase? And how does that then affect the yield of those assets? So there's more people. That staking, like participation increases, if the network um, activity stays the same, then we should probably predict that um, the APYs are going to come down. So I was using this as my kind of my kind of guide of what the market was setting the implied mm. APY as. So I, I was I really really enjoy using that. So typically, just to kind of recap, so underlying APY now from Lido, and that's and this this is a good kind of highlight. So that's kind of seven day annualized. Yeah, so that's where that's coming from. Five point seven two percent. The market's pricing in that uh, over the next at sixty nine days of maturity, you're looking at four point two three percent. So the market's kind of bearish on yield, if you can, if you can kind of put it that way. And then even further out, we've got five point seven two percent underlying, and then three point eight five. So the market is over these different maturities: sixty nine days, six hundred fifteen days, and nine hundred seventy nine days. Definitely. As, as the as the title suggests, implying that APY comes down. So what's it been like, particularly around Shanghai? Do you think that was a great catalyst for you guys, and particularly with the V2 and people being able to actually see this thing in action and speculate on it? What's what's kind of been the mood in the camp? What's going on in your heads following kind of Shanghai? How do you kind of think about staking participation and how does kind of Pendle Pilate, play into that?
1: Mm, sure. So um... – so just just looking at the number purely, I think um, it is quite indicative of what the community is thinking. So our, our community of traders generally believe that the yield is going to come down because there is there there, there, there um the opinion is that um, with the success of um, the Chapella fork and more deposits more deposits taking place and. It's also, it, we will likely see an increasing adoption of LSD as a result because it's, um, the, the tech risk is pretty much um, quite negligible at, the, at this point in time. Um, so, all that said, right, we, we do see people speculate on the yield from time to time. Um, but we see even more activity on Arbitrum. Uh, for the USDT, GDI, and GRP markets. So a couple of reasons that we're speculating. Um, in terms of uh, yield trading, right, I think it's still a relatively new concept for the crypto community. So a lot of people are still trying to get, a, uh, to wrapping to their heads around, like just yield opportunities on Pendle. Now that means it is unlikely that they will, put in maybe 10, 20 grand just to try out what's more likely is that there will be speculating assets, uh, or, or like just trying to trade the yield in smaller quantum, maybe 200 to let's say a thousand dollars, just to get a sense of how it's like to, to trade the yield. So because of that, we generally see less activity on ETH because the, the, the cost to, to reward ratio is, um, it doesn't quite justify that because the gas fee, especially in the recent days, is quite prohibitive. And even if you are a trader and you spot a decent opportunity on, like say, some of these ETH markets on ETH uh, on Ethereum, it you might not be too incentivized to take actions because the gas consideration is quite hefty. In comparison on Arbitrum, when you see a yield opportunity and because the gas consideration is much more negligible you yeah we we see like trade sizes um smaller in quantum but more frequent and as a result of that i think people are more active in just trading the glp and GDI markets
0: Mm. yeah that's 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 really interesting actually um so what what was the first kind of vault or first product where you guys thought yeah we've we've stumbled on something like really really kind of significant here it's was it was it around the GLP time when there was a lot of speculation around that? And like, which one was it that you guys kind of looked at each other and just thought, "Yeah, this is we're, we're definitely mm. getting somewhere here."
1: Yeah, so I think in 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 my perspective, I don't think we have a very very strong um, product market fit yet. I think that the recent traction is definitely encouraging, but I, I, I have a feeling that if we stop trying to push for narrative. We'll probably see a drop in the trading activity on Pendle, but to your point about just seeing the, the traction, it started when we listed the Aura RE Red ETH Pool, right? So okay, so I'll repeat again: it's Aura RE Red ETH Pool. Um, it's it's a little uh, chunky, uh, but but this will, yeah. But I I think the naming convention. It's hard. I'm not sure how to improve, and it's also like somewhat intimidating. But uh, this this tier, tiered asset allows us to coordinate marketing efforts with Balancer, Aura, and Rocket Pool. And because of the joint efforts, we were able to just broadcast and propagate our product proposition to a wider range of audience. Because at that point in time, we were still very small. And very few people knew about Pendle. And we had to rely on just um, other other protocols that were much, much more reputable and bigger than us to try to uh, make a brand for ourselves. So that was when we started to see more up, uh, just uptick in the number of mentions um, on, on social media like Twitter. Uh, so over time, that became a playbook and we started to replicate that that, that kind of launch plan across a variety of different assets. Uh, and every time we launch new market, for example, uh, um, Anchor ETH, we, 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 would, we would coordinate uh, marketing efforts with Anchor, um, get them to see some liquidity. And in their case, they also acquire some Pendle to lock it up for VE Pendle. So over time, I think, yeah, this, this, this sort of uh, arrangements help. Um, and, and of course I think, um, we we've also done, we've also, uh, we've also invested, uh, quite a fair bit of resources in just growth and, um, and, and, and business development. Yeah. So, so I think collectively having, having a greater push on all this, these fronts, um, just help us see more traction and then over time it just became more organic
0: yeah that's that's a really good kind of growth hack particularly on your part because you're drawing in different sets of eyes from different sets of communities across across the board there so that's a really really smart play with with this with the if we use the rockapool thief pool on on aura for example so do, is this factoring in any emissions that are going towards these pools and how kind of compostable can you be with i don't know say if there's a specific LP that's getting emissions directed Mm. towards it as well is because obviously they fluctuate quite a lot on aura depending on kind of gauges and bribes and voting and stuff like that. So does this factor in all of this, all of the above?
1: Yes. So when, so with, with regards to the aura pool, the liquidity providers are entitled to rewards, not just from Panda, right. But also from aura and balancer. So effectively when they deposit the assets, uh, that uh, like just when they deposit the asset to Pendle, um, they are exposed to Aura balancer. So that all these rewards contributed to the final APY, um, and that's why the 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 YT um, is more have uh, is is more uh, sizable component of the yield bearing asset, um, and and as a result of that, the PT discount is also more attractive
0: yeah that's great i really i really love that um so there's i don't know how if this will work forgive me if i say something stupid here but there's a lot of there's definitely an uptake in interest in the concentrated liquidity AMMs. everyone seems to have as soon as the univ three licenses ran out Trader Joe have got their own thing going on which is great is is there room for concentrated lps on here like i'm thinking maybe if it was a, an Arrakis defined range or something like that, would that would that be a product that you guys could integrate or is, is it, would it be too many moving parts?
1: I think it's possible. Um, so for, this is certainly something that I'd be keen to explore, just to work with a very dedicated market maker an on-chain market maker to manage the strategy. So perhaps um, one possibility is to have uh, Vault strategy um that manages positions on pendle uh, maybe to a specific pool and you know for for something as simple as like if the yield token price is trading at x and then sell it if it's trading at y or less than y then then buy it uh something like that would be quite interesting um yeah whether it's concentrated liquidity or just allowing users to long or short yield those with be something that that um we would be interested in
0: yeah I love that love that so um what what's the kind of token dynamics with pendle currently um have they changed recently what's what's the kind of value proposition around the token if we're okay to get into that mm-hmm.
1: so pendle token on its own is a useless governance token So there's no Mm -hmm. utility to just holding Pendle, right? But Pendle can be locked up between one week and two years for vPendle. Now vPendle has three different utilities. One is that it functions as a multiplier to the L, uh, like your liquid, like if you have an LP position, if uh, vPendle entitles, um, vPendle functions as a booster. Now it depends on the amount that you have um, but the maximum booster that you can expect is two and a half times uh, the base APY. Number two is that um, by becoming a V-Pendle holder, you 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 have the voting rights to channel incentives um, to different pools every week. Um, so yeah, basically every week there is an amount of liquidity incentive that the protocol can utilize to incent. The APYs of different pools and the distribution of the incentives is up to the community and of V panel holders. Uh, so at the moment, if I remember correctly, the pool with the highest vote is STE 2025. So this is just an example of how it works. And thirdly, as when you uh, as a voter of uh, pools, you are entitled to some. Uh, protocol revenue so this is again like to align the interest between the users uh, so the, the liquidity providers and and the voters
0: nice makes a lot of sense i really love that so the um i was speaking to speaking to right side in the dms and i was kind of blown away with the the trading volume that's coming through i'm just just look looking at it earlier 65 million um total value locked 57 million where where are you kind of seeing the majority of that come from what's is there been any kind of spikes that have co- caused that to continue like how are you guys ha- thinking about that are you happy with where it's got to at this point in time where would you like to get to and all, all that kind of good stuff
1: yeah so trading volume uh, to be honest with you i think it's surpassed um our team's expectation um but the, the main the main driver of just increasing trading activity was a result of a deliberate attempt to share like yield opportunities on Pendle. So back in February and March period, um, a my co-founder uh, Vu wrote extensive threads about just yield opportunities that existed on Pendle. So the numbers were very uh, were very absurd. Uh, maybe in the range of like. Hundred thousand, five hundred thousand percent APY, but it was enough for us to get some attention, and then that that was, I think, the start of an interest from the community to really pay attention to yield opportunities on Pendle. So oh, gradually, I think, from February, we were looking at maybe two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of trading volume a day. By now, the average trading volume. Hovers at around eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars. Some wow. days, our our highest trading volume per day was actually four million dollars. Uh, it was it was when, um, yeah, one of during one of the more hectic days. Uh, but on average, it's it's around 900 k per day. Um, we think we have a lot of room for growth again because I don't think we have a very strong product market fit because right now. We're still very deliberate in our attempt to attract liquidity and trading volume. Um, so, so that's that's our perspective on the trading volume side. Now, in yes. regards to the TVL, yeah, sorry.
0: No, so I was just going to say, is is Vu the guy I've seen with the, um, the quite a recent one around GLP using Pendle and Flashdick?
1: Oh yes, yes, that's him. yeah so
0: that was was great that was such a good good read (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah a lot of people's interest
1: for sure i think um yeah he he's he's very good with writing strategies and this is also something that we are very excited about because there's so many ways you can utilize pendle to generate wealth and what we've outlined so far what would just very basic strategies so i think over time with more user education we can expect more sophisticated strategies maybe people could use options and pendle like one of the options protocol pair it with pendle and pair it with some other protocols to make a more cohesive um, trading strategy that fully utilizes the composability of all the DeFi protocols i don't know but it's just very exciting to to expect that to happen um yeah, and, and, and I think like so far, the, the TVL growth has been very encouraging. Uh, again, I think um, it's, it's still a long way for us. Um, there's definitely a lot more that we are looking to build. So uh, a case in point, right? Because um, I think we're targeting maybe a feature launch once every quarter. For this quarter, I think by the end of Q2, we hope to be able to launch a revamp UI, for the simple, simple, simple UI, simple interface, Uh, because right now we think that there are still areas that we can improve on. And the, yeah, even though the asset at a discount seems to resonate with some people, we're not seeing a lot of uptake on that front. So we are going to make some changes and, and, and uh, promote it more aggressively to our target audience. So this is something that we can expect maybe by the end of this quarter.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. So with uh, that's that's really interesting. You mentioned options because I can't remember who it was off the top of my head who I was speaking to recently, and they they were on about kind of trying to tokenize options on chain and have like their own kind of AMM and stuff. So that'd be that'd be really interesting to see. I think the more composability you have, obviously, the more strategies you have, the more people use it because there's more edge to be defined. So that's super. Looking forward to. It. Maybe it's another Vue thread that I see. It pops up and kind of piques my interest around it, so I'm super excited to see that. Um, So what, again, with with that new kind of UI upgrade that you guys are going to head towards, are you, is that more of a, because it would be on the simple UI, is that typically aiming at more retail-focused or just users that are looking for that kind of fixed-yield, that don't want any mm. additional hurdles, or like who who's the kind of dream user that you guys are trying to target with that?
1: Yeah, I think our we're we're envisioning the new UI to cater to the retail users because I think the 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 I, I think just looking across the different fixed rate venues. Because of the yield trading component that happens on Pendle, fixed rates on Pendle are generally quite attractive. So case in point, right? I think if we compare to a centralized exchange, for example, like KuCoin Earn, ETH on CoolCoin Earn for fixed rate is published at one5 to 2%. But the fixed rate for ETH on Pendle could go as high as 6.5%. And the reason is because of the higher APY, that um, Aura pools are offering. And as a result of that, the the discount on PT is, is higher. So we think that there's a lot of value here that we can convey to users. And if we make a more direct comparison between our product and the other exchanges or centralized asset managers, we we could probably see a greater inflow of capital into pendle.
0: Yeah, because we know we know fine well there's huge demand for it. I mean look at look at your C Celsius products of the world, the BlockFi, like there was super, super, super high demand for it. And as you say, if there was a I think people are a little bit more spectacle now thankfully mm. <laughs> even though we had to get yeah, no. to, to figure that out but it's <laughs> you, you know you know there's an addressable market for it And i suppose if you can kind of definitely attack that, that that kind of user i think um it only bodes well for you guys in the future i think
1: yeah so so we're betting on this direction but it still boils down to just how well we execute because i think there the the market potential is substantial and quite explicit but as of now, I don't think anyone in crypto has cracked it yet and we're giving it a try. So hopefully our execution can be on point and allow us to capture that part of the market segment.
0: Yeah. I wonder if um I wonder if an uptick in kind of mobile first usage with like the Uniswap app and there's a few other kind of in-app browsers and obviously not EVM compatible, but like the Solana phone and things like that. I think I think a lot of people are very mobile first and would just like that fixed rate on, on phone. So I wonder how that whole thing plays out. I've been trying to dig into that quite a lot recently, but um no I'm super mm. excited to see it kinda of, kinda of rolled out. But um is it is there any additional I know you said you kind of hoping to get to fully permissionless. Would would that be a case for additional chains as well as as additional vaults?
1: Yes, uh, for vaults, definitely it's something in the pipeline because ultimately, from our perspective, as a yield trading venue, I'm of the opinion that like YTPD trading, they are not the simplest and they're not for the retail users, right? It requires you to understand how the pendle mechanics work in order for you to be comfortable with just taking some positions on pendle. So... Further down, at this point in time, I think like it's still an idea that, that we want to work on, but the idea generally comprised of like a simple vault for users to be able to long or short yield directly on the Pendle app without really having to know what PT or YT um, is. So um, yeah, we're still working on that, but we think that having this this vault to reduce the barrier for participation would also encourage more trading activity on the protocol
0: mm, that's interesting i wonder if um i wonder if some more kind of incentivized usage like um we've seen a lot of people come to us and ask for kind of setting up these quests and i don't know incentivizing and go and buy a pt token go go and use a vault or something like that on pendle would be kind of useful for just like as a customer acquisition channel, because I think as soon as people oh. use it, it clicks, mm. you know? So I don't know if you guys have got anything like that in the pipeline or I might have <laughs> overstepped that. <there.
1: laughs> no, we don't have that yet. But uh, to your point, I think the way I would think about it is we will have to try different iterations of uh, maybe different interfaces, just iterate with the product first. And if we see any kind of organic Adoption of some of these features, then we can amplify it by using some incentives to sweeten the participation. So to uh, it, uh, just just to build up on what you what you mentioned, I think the right steps for us to take is to work out an interface, and with an interface, we experiment with different groups of users and see the response. If the response is positive, and we see organic adoption then we would invest more marketing resources to get more people to use it or, or give it a try
0: yeah i, I love that response because um we have a we have kind of someone who's came on to do a lot of like the basic business operations at, at blockmates and stuff and i'm a i'm in your camp i'm like test everything doesn't have to be perfect let's get it in front of people see if there's an uptick and then lean more heavily into it just a b test everything to death um i think i don't think a lot of projects do that i think a lot of projects like to stick stay in their own lane plan they know best we obviously know best we're working on this all the time so what you see is what you get and we're going to put out what we think users want so that kind of dynamic of just kind of a b testing and seeing if there's an uptick and leaning into it i think that's really really important but you don't you don't tend to see a lot of it in this space which is kind of you know it's a bit bit surprising to be fair
1: hmm maybe i guess like i'm not sure why but i think one reason could be that because in DeFi a lot of it is contract and you don't really want to rush out a contract because it, it could contain like potential vulnerabilities that you might not think of, that that's possibly one reason. But I think if you're running a product that is, uh, let's say, if you're forking a Uni Uni V3 contract uh, and you're just doing a new interface, have a different way of acquiring users. There's no reason why you shouldn't be trying out the different acquisition strategies.
0: Yeah, because because user flows so so important and kind of removing friction and not having too much to kind of confuse people and just and just getting that kind of user journey perfected as soon as they land on it like the back the back end is completely fine but if you're messing around with the front end yeah i would like to see a lot more people do that particularly if they're trying to tap into markets that would be kind of catering towards as you say more retail or kind of new market participants yeah so that's, that's an interesting yeah.
1: For sure, so for sure.
0: Is, is there anything else that we haven't covered that people should be out on the lookout for? Just as a bit of kind of a heads up. Might want to stop in a bit put attention to this, or have we kind of covered everything there?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think I've shared most of the things that I wish to share. Um, but definitely yeah, if it helps it always it's always good to just follow our socials um just just so that we can stay in touch. Um yeah, but but otherwise I think like um there there like we still have a lot in the pipeline and uh there's no way we're stopping with just like yeah at at this point because I think now with a little bit of traction um it 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 it's inspiring. Um, I think I think it, it just shows uh, some early promises in how our product can become. Um, we are going to double down on education. We're going to double down on growth and business development while we continue to improve on product. And then I think the other important thing is like we need to continue to stay on top of trends because crypto moves so fast, and if we stop evolving with the market sector there is a risk there's a very high risk that we might become irrelevant um so we always we need to keep that in mind and we hope we don't become irrelevant uh, because of this negligence yeah i think the beauty
0: of your product though it's 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 very set up to move for the times as long as there's kind of yield involve or whatever iterations of the project come. You you guys have got some kind of narrative hack that just comes alongside with that. Um, as you say, everyone was pinning you guys in with like the LSD basket of of products and and assets and things like that. So it's um I think you're in a great position. As I said before, we jumped on. I'm I'm really really happy for you guys that like you're starting to see the kind of traction and recognition that you deserve. Um, there's all too many, kind of, very low-effort, copy-paste projects out there that, you know, for better or for worse, do their thing in the markets. But um, I, I love to see anything innovative, kind of, picking up and-, and gaining traction. So kudos on that. Um, but yeah, I suppose you've mentioned like people can jump in Discord. Be I, j- I just go and try it out. Like from me, anyone listening, just go and give it a go. Um, head on to the advanced section and go on the learning, the learning tab. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else you want to kind of leave us off or leave us with while we kind of wrap it up, um, I just want to kind of thank you for, for your time. I'm sure you're really, really busy at the minute. So um, yeah, thanks for coming on.
1: I, I truly appreciate the opportunity um, and and really appreciate that, that you're yeah speaking with me. Um, yeah. Th- thanks a lot for having me
0: yeah welcome anytime and when these kind of um product updates or whatever you guys are doing in the future you you just shoot me a message or get right side to shoot me a message we can run it back once uh there's something that you want to get a few more eyes and ears on happy to have you anytime